The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Hi listeners, welcome back to TGIC episode 9. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. Okay, guys, we're doing a pretty interesting case this week. I know I say this, like, literally about every single case. (laughs) I'm guilty of that, I know. But I, in particular, got really invested in this case because I didn't have homework last week because it was Thanksgiving, and I haven't had that much free time in a long time. So I really took a deep dive into the research of this case. So this may be longer than some of our past episodes. Yeah, and I feel like... It's some of the cases about like younger kids are always just more interesting. I feel like you in particular really like grip onto them and really get interested. In I told you I have because like when you're a missing kid, you did not just go on your free will, and that's why I think it's interesting. Exactly, and like we said in like the Sabrina Eisenberg case, like it's just weird that little kids sometimes don't know that they've been taken. All right, guys, I'm just gonna get into the case. I spoiled this just a little bit because she said we were doing a missing kid case, but. This is a pretty interesting case. This is the story of Kyron Horman. Um, I really don't want to say it, but that last name is very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to leave that one up to interpretation. All right. Let's get into some background on this. Kyron Richard Horman was born on September 9th of 2002. So this year he would have been 18. Just turned 18. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he lived in Portland, Oregon, and his parents were Desiree, I don't know how to say that actually. Yeah, I think it's Desiree or Desiree. You know what it made me think of? The the person who calls your, who used to have your phone number and you get calls for all the time, what's her name? Destiny? Uh, yeah, Destiny. That um, name always sounds similar, like I don't know, that made me think of that, I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, so I get calls, like 10 calls a day, because some crazy woman named destiny used to have my phone so that's great or my phone number destiny if you're listening please tell them to redirect their calls because please izzy has changed her voicemail at this point yeah like my voicemail box is so annoying so people won't leave me voicemails hey guys this is izzy editing here and i just wanted to let you guys know that during this point in the recording process we ended up having to move rooms so that is why the audio might sound a little bit different and I just wanted to get you guys up to speed. So here is Jillian talking about the background of the case. Okay, so back to the case. Kyron's parents were Desiree Young and Kane Horman, and they were divorced before Kyron was even born, which I think is kind of sad. That is like, kind of sad. They were married, then she was pregnant, and then they got divorced. But I mean, in some cases, that's probably better than like getting divorced when he's younger. Or like, yeah. when he like, can actually remember it. That's true, actually. Because then he doesn't know any, like, I guess, divorce in his personal, like, growing up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they were divorced because of, uh, this is a quote, irreconcilable? Irreconcilable? Irreconcilable. Is that how you say it? I don't know if that's how you say it. It doesn't sound right, Irreconcilable? I feel like irreconcilable. That's how you say it. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So they were divorced because of irreconcilable differences, which, that's like the only quote there is. It doesn't really explain why they got divorced, but I... You can kind of take a guess after I tell you in a little bit some information. Yeah. But um, they were divorced before he was even born. So that's important to remember later on in the case. So they shared custody until 2004. But then his mother, Desiree, was diagnosed with kidney failure. So 
his dad took full custody because her treatment and yeah she probably couldn't take care of him yeah it was a lot on the whole family so it was easier if he took full custody so his dad was then remarried to a woman named terry moulton in 2007 and then they later had a daughter in 2008 named kiara kane and terry had been officially dating since 2001 wait what wait that's not even the worst of it so they started dating before they were divorced and, I mean, I think it was before they were divorced. But I, I, I'm not sure exactly about months, but I'd assume it's pretty... Or, like, when they were close. being divorced. Yeah, it's very close together. But because of, like, when they started dating, she was, like, strongly involved with raising Kyron. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he was, she was he there was the whole time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't like she showed up when he was, like... Three or something. Exactly. Anyway, this is, this is a little bit of the weird part. Um... Terry was originally hired by Desiree when her and Kane were still married, I think, or in the process of getting divorced, as a live-in nanny for Kyra. No. Yeah. So, I it doesn't precisely say, but, like, if I had to take a guess, that's how they met. That's so crazy and awful. No, that's terrible. Can you imagine, like, trusting, like, your kid to be taken care of, like, by, like, this lady, and then... Yeah. She, like, goes and has an affair with your husband and then ends up, like, being a, like, stepmom to your kid. Like, this is always what happens in, like, movies, like, Hallmark Channel movies no, and stuff. No, right? I, like, could not, when I was reading that, I, like, I was sitting outside and I swear, like, people looked at me because I, like, was like, oh my god, like, out <laughs> loud I said that. And it's just, like, I, you don't see that in real life. Like, no, not that I know really of. really crazy. Anyway, so, they were married in 2007, so they had been married and been dating and been around for a while when you get up to the time of Kyron's disappearance. By June 4th of 2010, which is the day of Kyron's disappearance, he was 7 years old, 3 foot 8, and he was attending Skyline Elementary School in Forest Park, Oregon. Do you want to take over? Eight? Oh. Yeah. Remember being a little kid and, like, every inch counted, like... Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm 3 foot 9 now. No, I remember that being such a big deal. I'm reaching four feet, like, I swear I, like... It was a big thing. It was like when I reached five foot. (laughs) I barely reached five foot. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, do you want to get a little bit into the timeline? Yeah. So on June 4th of 2010 was, again, the last day that Kyron was seen. So around 8 a.m., Kyron arrived at school. And he usually took the bus to school, which was like, two miles away from his house, but that morning his stepmom took him to the school because he wanted to arrive to school early to set up his project for the science fair that would occur later that day. And his project was about red-eyed tree frogs! For, for you guys that, like, don't personally know us, um, Izzy loves frogs. I freaking love frogs. I... Frogs. <laughs> I have, like, a 250-pin Pinterest board of frogs because I love them so much. Yeah, so it's very endearing that he had a project about free tree frogs. Also, that's just so cute. That's, like, such a little kid thing to do. Like, I know. Like, have a project that's just, like, about, like, the red-eyed tree frog. Like, that reminds me of wild crabs. I don't know why. Red-eyed no, tree totally frogs totally me. makes me think of wild crabs. And I feel like in elementary school we did a project at one point about, like, animals. Yeah. Like, I think mine was on a rattlesnake. This makes me so sad. Like, this could have been our childhood. I mean, he was definitely older than us, but, like, you know, it's, like, still, like, the... The same 2000s elementary school vibe. Yeah. It's so sad. Okay, so they got to school, and they put Kyron's backpack in his classroom at around 8 a.m. 
And at 8.15, a witness sees Kyron and Terry at his science project. And um, this was, like, when they were seeing him, like, in front of the exhibit. And then by 8.45, the bell rang for school to start. So Kyron told Terry that he was going to go to his class. And Terry states that she had left the school and that the last time she saw him was when he was walking away from her to his first class. And sadly, like, this is the last known record of Kyron because he never showed up to his first period or any of his other classes. This is something that I find so weird about this case because, like, his stepmom says bye to him, right? Like, I can't imagine that the school is too big. Like, elementary schools are tiny, and she didn't just, like, let him wander around the school. Like, up until, like, first or second grade, my parents would walk me to, like, my classes and stuff. And so, like, or even when they wouldn't walk me anymore, they take me as close as, like, they were allowed to, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird to think that somewhere in, like, the very tiny amount of space in this, like, enclosed, supposedly safe environment, that's when he disappeared. And that's just, I mean, during this case, like, my mom remembers this, and she was, like, it literally scared parents, like, all around the United States. Like, when you think your child is safe and they disappear in their school. Exactly. Like, and... The thing is, um, we'll get into this a little later, but no one knew he was missing until after school. But we'll get back into that a little bit later. I'm going to go into, just while we're in this in-between time of when Kyron is supposed to be at school, I'm going to talk about a little bit where Terry was. And I promise this is relevant, so stick with us. So Terry, again, is his stepmom, and she says that after she made sure Kyron got to his class, or tried to make sure he got to his class. Um, she says that she ran errands at two different Fred Meyers grocery stores. I'm not familiar with these grocery stores because they're on the other side of the state that, or country than I am. <laughs> yeah. The other side of the state, the other side of the country. So, but I assume, I mean, they're probably just like Kroger or Publix. They're grocery stores. I don't think that yeah. has any particular okay. relevance. We know that we have some listeners who don't even live in the United States and probably don't know this concept, yeah. but like, there are different grocery stores per state. Like, it's I really think that's weird. stupid. I think it's so stupid. Why don't they just have a generic yeah, grocery store? And you know what? I like... This, I promise this is not sponsored by Publix, but I have to share, I love Publix, and, like, the fact that they're only in, like, three states is, like, terrible. It makes me sad. And, and no one else gets, the hot like, guys at Publix work at Publix. Is the only... You're the only one. Okay. No. I know all of them by name, and I know when their shifts are. Okay. Um, one day we might have to make a podcast episode about Izzy okay. and her stalker tendencies. <laughs> anyway, so Terry was running errands at these two different grocery stores at about 10, 10 a.m. And, okay, I have to point this out. She went to two different of the same grocery stores, and, you know, that might sound suspicious, but, like, um, my family's a little weird about grocery shopping, as in, like, we go a lot, like, mm-hmm. like, Every day, and, like, when my dad goes grocery shopping, he'll go to, like, multiple stores no, in the, the one day. No, that's the same with my parents, too. So, like, this may seem weird to people, but, like, it doesn't. Like, if you go to, like, one of the stores and they don't have anything, like, you can go to another location, like, or, Yeah, like, and I mean, store. I usually go to two different ones because they, like, carry different stuff. I don't really yeah. understand the concept of going to the same one, just, like, farther away from each other. Like, why not go to a different one or something? But I understand how that makes sense. I mean, if she was looking for something in particular, I could understand that. So she said this was around, like, 10, 10 a.m., and then she said that in between that time and 11.39 a.m., okay, that's specific for, like, for the activity she was doing, which was she was driving around with her youngest daughter, Kiara, who was, like, an infant, I guess, 
or like she was like two I don't know she was young and so she was driving around in the car to sue with her like that's something parents do like my parents yeah, just do my that to me all the time me too. my mom used to like spend so much time just driving me around to like so I didn't cry yeah um but I think it's weird that it says 11.39. No, it's it's really oddly Who specific. remembers that? Like, the only situation that I can remember, like, exact times of things in is when I wake up in the middle of the night, like, and check my phone. Yeah, that's the same with me. And it's just, like, it seems like she did it methodically and Almost. checked the clock when she was doing stuff. Anyway, uh, after this, she said she went to the local gym and worked out until 12.40. And then at 1.21 p.m., she went home and posted pictures of Kyron at his science fair on Facebook. Which, you know, that's such a 2000s parent thing to yeah. do. I mean, Facebook? I don't, okay, I don't understand how Facebook works. You know people like our age have it. Are you serious? Yeah, no, people in our grade, like, have Facebook, and I don't understand that, because I couldn't even understand how Facebook works. Like, the only people, the only reason I know kids from our grade have Facebook is to stalk our teachers. That's kind of funny. Wait, that's, like, really funny. Our Spanish teacher has a Facebook. Oh or our old, both of our Spanish teachers, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, so after she posted these pictures, she just, I guess, it doesn't say specifically what she did, but I guess she arrived home, so she was just at home. So, at 3.30 is when her husband and her daughter went with her to the bus stop to pick up Kyron, because this is, like, when the bus would, like, arrive at the stop or whatever, and mm-hmm. I guess I don't know why his whole family was home. That's a little peculiar. Yeah. Peculiar. Why did I say that so well? Peculiar. We're going to say it's a little strange. And they went to the, that they were all home, but then they went to the bus stop to pick up Kyron, and the bus driver says then that he had never even, like, boarded the bus. Oh. That makes me so sad. So, this is when they start realizing that, like, oh shit, where's Kyron? Yeah, exactly. So, let me get back into the timeline. So, at 3.45, Kyron is reported missing by Terry. Um, she reports missing because, like, like Jillian just said, the bus, like, guy was like, we literally don't know where that kid is. He never boarded the bus. He was like, maybe you should check with the school and just see if he attended any of his classes. And it's not like... He could have just, like, ditched. Not No, no. I mean, he could have ditched school, but, like, probably not because he was in elementary school. But I was going to say, like, it's not like the bus driver just didn't recognize him or something. Yeah. Like, people know their bus drivers, which is something I didn't realize because I was, like, never someone who rode the bus. But, like, I went home with a girl one time when I was younger, like, after school, and I rode the bus with her. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone knows each other on the bus. Like, it's like they have, like, a bus family, and, like, they yeah. say hi to the bus driver, like, they know them. So, like, if Kyron was on this bus all the time, which he was, like, the guy would have known him. It wasn't like he could have just, like, gone under the radar and didn't notice him. Exactly. So, Terry calls the school, and she realizes that he had never even went into his first period. And she finds out that his teacher had marked him absent after 10 because she thought he was at a doctor's appointment. I have such a big problem with this. I have such a big problem with this because this is, yeah. like, this is exactly where the, all the problems started because, like, no one was cross-checking their information at our schools, like, if you are marked absent, like, for, like, one class, like, you they call your parents. Yeah. They call your parents, and then the next day on the intercom, they're like, please send blank blank to the office to, like, check their attendance from the other day. Exactly. Like, it is such a big deal. Like, even in elementary school, they used to do this, and, like, that's why I don't understand, like, maybe this is why they do it, actually. Maybe because yeah. of this case. I wonder if that has any connection. But, like, the fact that she was just assumed he was at a doctor's appointment... That makes me sad for teachers because, like, just think about that. Like, that was a little kid. His mom would have called or stepmom in this right. case. And, I mean, it was just the littlest mistake, too. Like, I do feel bad for her, but, like, 
she probably thought nothing of it at the time. Like, I'm sure yeah. that was, like, a thing. No one mentioned they had a doctor's appointment. Like, I don't know, maybe... Were cell phones around in 2002? Or I guess... This is 2010. Oh, it was. Why do I keep thinking it's 2002? Because he was born in 2002. Okay. 2010. Oh! We so were... Yeah, were yourself. He's so much closer to our age than I thought he was. Yeah, we're 15. I know. Okay, I honestly was thinking about this. Like, he was so much older than us. He's not that much older than us. Wait, 2010? I was in elementary school in 2010. Yeah, we both were. I thought... Oh, my God. No, but yeah. So this just, like, further proves the point that, like... It's just sad. Like, if this teacher would have noticed, like, wait, where's Karen? Like, what if she called the parents and they could have found out something was wrong so much sooner? Exactly, right? Like, at 10 o'clock, like, so much could have been different. Yeah. If they had known that he'd never come to his classes. Sorry, I can't believe I just had, like, a total moment where I, I was, like, saying the wrong year or something or in my head thinking the wrong year. I thought he was, like, so much older. <laughs> no. Okay, so June 9th, 2010. This is about four days, like, five days after he was, like, gone. So the family had reported Kyron as, like, a missing person, and people had started to search for him in the days prior. And, like, the family had, like, priorly refused to, like, speak to the media or release a statement. But this was the first day that they said anything to the press for publication. So this is what they said. Kyron's family would like to thank people for support and interest in finding their son. The outpouring of support and continued effort strengthens their hope. We need for folks to continue to assist us in our goal. Please search your properties, cars, outbuildings, sheds, etc. Also check with neighbors and friends who may be on vacation or may need assistance in searching. There are a lot of resources here to help you search, so please don't stop. It is obviously a difficult time, and they want to speak to the public so you can hear it from Kyron's family as they come together to share their message. Their objective is to keep the focus on Kyron and not about anything else. That seems pretty normal. Yeah, and I mean, it obviously worked because on June 12, 2010, an extensive search was like started on the perimeters of Skyline Elementary School, this was a two-mile radius all around the school. And over 300 professionals helped search, and over 1,300 people from Oregon and the surrounding states came to help in search efforts. This search lasted 10 days, and it is known as one of the largest searches in Oregon history. But sadly, Kyron was not found, and no traces with him, was him of him were found Was either. him. Was him. <laughs> That's crazy, though. They searched so much, and they couldn't find, like, any traces of him. Like, none. Like, not a backpack, not a shoe, not a shirt. Like, nothing. So, then the police started, like, investigating after this as a criminal investigation rather than a missing child case. That's an important transition, by the way. Like, I've noticed in our research, they, like, when they switch like that, they, like, know it's serious business. When it's missing kid, they still, like, suspect that they could probably solve it within, like, a few days, or it's, like, more of, like... Not necessarily as urgent, but it's, like, it's more, like, I guess, inside, like, their, what do you call that? Like, their, their, like, fam, not their families necessarily, but, like, family, friends. It's more local. It's more local. That's what I was looking for. Like, people, like, they know most likely took them, I think, is the difference. And then when they switch it to criminal, like, that's when they start suspecting, like, Like, really serious Like, it gets transferred to the FBI then. Yeah. Like, that's a big change. Like, they start getting more people on the case, and they start, like, nationally searching Exactly, because, like... If they can't find anything within the two-mile radius, like, he could not even be in, like, the state anymore. Yeah. Okay, do you want to get into the suspects and theories? Go for it. Oh, okay. 
I'm going to get into Terry Horman, who is the stepmom. So first off, her alibi, alibi has like never been disproved, but it seems like it could be made up. Yeah, like we talked about earlier, that's why we went through all of our different, like her different alibi points, because it's definitely important to keep in mind for this aspect of it, because if you think about it, all of her like positions and stuff could just be so easily disproved, and they never were like accurately proved correct. Exactly, and if you just think about, like, like how she had such specific times, it seems I think strange. that's weird. That's weird. Like, I'm not going to be able to tell you the exact time, maybe, like, a 15-minute, like, time like thing. A, like a window. Like Yeah, but, like, I'm not going to be, like, 11.39 was when I was Or, like, here. you could approximate it, too. Like, some, like, you could say, like, it was around noon, but, like, you don't know yeah. for a fact. Like, if it was 12.01, I'm not gonna say it was 12.01. That's weird. Yeah, this just seems like she's, like, very careful about what uh-huh. she's saying. So, this is even weirder. So, in 2009, like, in late 2009, she approached a landscaper that worked at her house and said that she would pay him to murder her husband. What the hell? Yeah, like... Uh, why? Like, there's never been, like, a specific reason, but, like, this... Like, why would you do that? Like, for money? Like, I even for money, that's weird. Like... And I'm guessing this guy probably didn't have that, like, that much of a life insurance Mm -hmm. payout. But, like, isn't that... That's just so weird to me. So this landscaper guy came out and he was like, this is what happened. I'm sick of, like, trying to not say anything about it. That's just weird. Like, what the... What the hell, lady? Yeah, like, literally, that's just so weird. And just think about it like this. If someone is so heartless that they're going to hire someone to kill their husband that they've been married to for years. And share a daughter with. And share a daughter with. Like, they must be pretty comfortable to, like, get someone to kill their stepson or, like, like take their stepson by themselves and do something to them. Like, yeah, but they have, no, they have no issue with this, apparently. She yeah. has, like, she's very, um, not anti-murder, I guess. Yeah, she's clearly not someone who's going to be, like, the clean and vanilla suspect in this case. So, also, she found multiple polygraph tests that were taken about both her disappearance, about her stepson's disappearance, and, like, her talking about the hit that she tried to put on her husband. And, I mean, we've talked about this all the time. Polygraph tests sometimes aren't the best option. They're not, but, like, if you failed twice, it's it still makes you suspicious. Yeah. But I do find it strange that she was willing to take a polygraph. Exactly. But, I mean, if you think about this, like, some killers and, like, some of the most twisted people are the most cooperative. Well, yeah, because that makes them look suspicious, less suspicious, but yeah. I'm not thinking she's, like, a pro or anything. True. So, like, they never say if they were, like, like, what exactly was included in these polygraphs and stuff, but you can only assume that it made her kind of in, like, the dark about this case. And, like, just think about, this, like, what we said earlier. Like, she must have been so mentally fucked up that she could hire him on her husband. Like, I mean, like, think about, like, she probably could have done the deed herself with no mental issues. Yeah. That is, she is strange, honestly. And everyone thinks she, does, like, did it. Like, I think that's important that we mention that. Like, if you talk to anyone about this case who's familiar with it, they're going to think that she did it. Yeah. Anyway, our next suspect is a woman named Dee Dee Spitcher. I think that's how you say her name. It's kind of spelled weird. Like, when, when I say it, I imagine there's, like, a T in there somewhere, but there's not. But I'm going to call her Dee Dee Spitcher. So, I had no idea who she was, like, at all. Like, no idea. So, when I had first been, like, researching this case, it was pretty new to me. Like, I'd really only seen, like, a couple things on it, and it was nothing, like, too detailed. And it had mentioned, like, Terry, as we said, like, 
before anything else, honestly, I think some of the first articles I read was, like, all about how Terry did it, and I didn't even know about the case yet. Yeah. And this lady, Dee Dee Spitcher, was, like, not mentioned until I'd been researching for, like, an hour already. I had to, like, dive deep looking for her. Yeah, I think you had to get into, like, the Google Groups territory. Yeah, and it, I thought that was strange. So, I guess she's not the most suspicious, but I find her to be a little suspicious. So, she was a friend of Terry's, which, you know, that's suspicious on its mm-hmm. own. Clearly, this lady was had some problems, so I'm confused on how she made friends. <laughs> but they, like, used to work at the gym, work out at the gym together, and, again, I find this lady to be a little strange. Dee Dee worked, she had a blog. Oh, Jesus, okay. <laughs> and on this blog, she described herself, like, this is a self-description. <laughs> I'm going to quote this. I couldn't even, like, have rephrased this to, like, make it sound oh any God. crazier than it already was. She described herself as a fitness junkie, a med school wannabe, and a pet-sitting, vet- vet- a pet-sitting veteran, an HOA board survivor, and a worm herder. Okay, what the hell is wrong with this woman? Is she 12? I feel like we need to, like, go through every single one and explain why that's weird. Like, fitness junkie is not that weird to me. It just... It's just weird phrasing. Like, it's why? weird phrasing, but, like, I can understand it. Med school wannabe, what does that mean? Like, you watch Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, exactly. That makes no sense. Like, maybe doctor wannabe, but med school wannabe? Like, I, I don't understand that. If you want to go to med school, just apply. And I'm assuming this woman is older than in her 20s. Like, yes, out yes, of the is. college mm-hmm. area. Um, pet sitting veteran. Um, Nowhere did I find anything about her being a veteran, FYI. Does that mean, like, she used to pet sit and she no longer does? Yeah, so she, like, used to pet sit and now she's a veteran of pet sitting. Why would you retire that? I love pet sitting. (laughs) Why is that a part of her body? Yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. HOA board survivor. So I did look into this a little bit. She apparently lived in this condo and she was on the HOA board and then I guess she had some issues with people and then she, like, decided not to be the president anymore. (laughs) So passive-aggressive. Yeah. I kind of love that, honestly. <laughs> and a worm herder. This goes into... She was really into gardening, and I think, like, part of her job, she gardened. She was, like, a landscaper, I guess, but not really a landscaper. I think she was, like, an upgraded landscaper. Like, not really necessarily for her job, but she was, like, more upscale. I guess so, yeah. But worm herder? That's weird. Yeah, that's I don't know no. who says that. That's weird. Anyway... This whole thing comes off at, like, the whole blog with the bio thing comes off as so 2010. Yeah, that's so... Yeah, exactly. Um, so, she's whack. <laughs> anyway, on the day of Kyron's disappearance, she was actually doing her gardening work near Kyron's home, and she left this post at 11.15 to a little after 1 that afternoon. Like, that's like, I don't know, like a, an hour and 45 minutes. You know what I just realized? What? If she left her post, Terry's whereabouts said that she was driving her youngest around at around 11. Dude, don't interrupt me. Let me get into that. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, so she left her gardening post at 11.15 to a little after 1 that afternoon. And so that's like an hour and 45 minutes she's just not accounted for. And her whereabouts at this time have never been identified. And... Like, I think that's strange because as Izzy was trying to interrupt me and get into it. Sorry, I forgot, I realized. Um, this was like the timing that Terry was just like out driving supposedly or at the gym. And as we mentioned earlier, her and Terry were gym buddies. 
that's so like too coincidental. It's like very strange that I think like that alibi on where the timing could be like could have been backed up by um Dee Dee. But I have to say, if Dee Dee is guilty of something, it's most likely assistance or cover up or just being a straight up weirdo who shouldn't have a blog. And I don't think she like actually killed like or murdered or kidnapped or anything by herself because like why she would she didn't have a motive like the only thing I think she could have done is like helped because she wouldn't have had a motive and Terry could have called her fitness junkie friend to help her with like manual labor yeah or back up an alibi about being at the gym not to mention this lady doesn't seem nearly as like like messed up as well like why why would you take your friend's kid and like kill him or kidnap him or just like I don't know keep him captive somewhere like why would you abduct your friend's kid that you like I mean I assume they knew each other but like not closely or anything you're like I just don't see like why that the why there is just non-existent exactly as our push teacher would say there's there's no connecting part of it there's no step to I'm going to get into the stepmom theory, kind of piggybacking off of what Jillian and I had just previously talked about. Terry took Kyron with her after the first bell. This is the theory. So maybe she took him, since this was the last time he was seen. Okay, and I think that makes a lot of sense, because what is really the likelihood that, like, she saw him, left the building, and then somewhere in the time before he made it to class, he just disappeared? Not to mention, 845 was, like, the bell. Exactly. Like, like it, he would have rushed to class right then. I just, I think that it makes sense that she would have taken him at this time. And, like, people had even said they saw her leaving with him. Yeah. And so, the theory is that she kidnapped and killed him that morning. And he, she disposed of the body and other evidence, maybe with Dee Dee's help. And then after this, this must have happened during the early hours of the morning between, like, now and then, like, just her, all of her allies were kind of weird and not supported. Could have been disproved. Yeah. So then she went home to post pictures of Kyron to make herself seem innocent. And also... Kind of like that stepmom, you know what I mean? Yeah, and not only to make herself seem innocent, but, like, maybe in some little way she was, like, commemorating him. Yeah. In, like, her own creepy killer way, she was, like, posting these pictures to commemorate him, but, like... It was, like, her only... Like, she was the only one who knew. Like, killer's remorse. Exactly. That's a good quote. Killer's remorse. Ooh. Is that a quote? That's just a phrase. No, I just made it up. You did not make it up. Izzy quote. Guys. (laughs) Izzy quote. It's not an Izzy quote. That's, like, a phrase. Killer's remorse? Killer's remorse. That's a phrase. It's buyer's remorse. It is? Yes. It's not killer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. I have buyer's remorse. Like, everything I buy... Yeah, buyer's remorse, killer's remorse. I can't kill people, I'd have killer's remorse. Yeah. Okay, so, the stop she claims to have made could have, like, actually happened. So, like, she could have gone to the grocery store and faked running an errand or gotten something to assist her crime. Like, just ran in, got something. Maybe one of the places didn't have what she needed, like a shovel or bleach. So then she went to the other one. You know what I mean? I thought about that, too. Like, that kind of makes sense. If you're getting, like, something weird, like bleach or a shovel... Like, it's likely that maybe the first store you went to didn't have it, but they were like, hey, our other location has it. Why don't you go check that out? And just didn't find that to be weird. Not to mention it gives her a longer time period. Okay, then driving with her daughter. 
no one can actually like corroborate this because she was the only one in there with her child who probably can't. She was really like tell. a year old, like a year. Yeah, and a half like old. it's not like she could like help her story, and she could have been driving looking for a place to dispose of Kyron. Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. So like even if you saw her in her car, like let's say you saw her driving and people like saw a witness testified to this, even if that was the case, like. Sure, she was in her car saying she was soothing, driving to soothe their daughter, but she could have been looking for a place to hide the body. Exactly. And then, finally, the gin. Dee Dee, her gin buddy, could have gave her this alibi. Easily. And, like, we already said, Dee Dee is suspicious, so, like, she could have just given her the alibi. It's so easy. Yeah. So, it's just... It's just... This lady is just overall so sus to me. And I think... I mean, I don't necessarily think she has a motive, but, like, you know, people are weird about their stepkids. Terry? I think Terry could have done it, like, motive-wise. The only thing I find to be weird is, like we said, like, she basically raised Kyron. Yeah. That's the only thing I find to be weird, but unless this lady's just totally heartless or something. I mean, she's, you know, we know she's kind of heartless. She almost hired someone to kill her husband. (laughs) That is true, but he's a kid. I feel like there's got to be a difference between, like, a kid and, like, your husband. Yeah. Maybe he was a cheater. And, you know, there was actually a lawsuit put against her, like, like a few years after this from, like, Kyron's, like, grandparents saying that, like, suing her for wrongful death, basically. Yeah. So, I guess it is most likely that she did it, but, you know, she's never been, like, legally prosecuted or even, like, investigated formally by the police, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, actually, police have never, like, put forth any people of interest or any suspects ever in this case. Which I think is so weird. Like, like you said earlier, this was such a big national case. Like, yeah, this freaked out parents everywhere. You'd think they'd try a little harder to solve it. Yeah, I know. The FBI was involved. Yeah, like, I don't understand how they haven't gotten anything. Like, not even, like, a couple random suspects? I don't understand. Like, you couldn't even just, like, scan for, like, pedophiles in the area and just say one of them, like, looked suspicious. Like, I'm not, I'm not, obviously I'm not trying to tell you to, like, have, like, a false conviction of anybody or falsely like like look for people but like in a lot of cases you have to like think of every possibility and even in this case there's like a very real possibility that they didn't investigate like at least not investigate that hard like apparently like this case in Oregon was like a big thing like this hadn't happened in a really long time yeah exactly I mean and like you said from an elementary school where your kid is supposed to be safe like it's strange yeah Alright, I'm going to get a little bit into the stranger kidnapping theory, which is not, like, too big of a theory in this case because of, like, it's just extremely unlikely based on where he went missing from. Mm-hmm. Because he was, like, in his elementary school. But I have to say, some if someone was, like, looking to kidnap someone, where else did you go? you go to an elementary school. And like we said earlier, there was a science fair there that afternoon, so I think a lot of parents were, like, coming in and out, like, helping their kids set up, like Terry was. Yeah. And it makes me think, like, the science fair thing, I'm sure, was, like, not just, like, a within the school you knew about it. Like, I'm sure if you were within the community, you knew about it. Mm-hmm. And if, like, you were looking to kidnap somebody, that would be, like, an opportunity to go in that morning when you would go unnoticed. Like, parents are in elementary schools all the time, and, like, they're not gonna, like, tell you to leave if you blend in and look like a parent. Exactly. Like, this, the person who took him could have looked, like, exactly like the parent. So he could have just, like, been totally unnoticed if there was this other person in there. And if this was the case, the stranger would have taken him in between leaving Terry and going back to class, which is unlikely. But let's just mention this. If you see a kid crying while their quote-unquote parent is taking them out of the school, you're not really going to question it, especially at an elementary school. Yeah, exactly. Every morning in pre-K, Izzy would not want to leave 
her dad. She, like, didn't like school. I did not like school. I remember, like, my dad used to say that, like, like every... I don't remember what circumstances he was... We were talking about, like, us being friends after a while, and then he said something, like, about how, like, when in pre-K, you never wanted to, like, leave your dad in class. <laughs> I did not doubt that for a second. Um, so, yeah, like, if someone holding a crying kid leaving from school, I'm sure that happens on, like, a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. Like, that is not suspicious. Like, that could have totally gone, like, just unnoticed. But I do think it's weird that somehow between, like, making it to class and, like, leaving with Terry, or, like, Terry leaving from this other exit, like, how did nobody, like, how did he just go missing? Yeah, I always find that kind of weird, because there were a ton of people in that school. And that's, like, a short distance. And, like, the only situation, you'd have to be so, like, stealthy, like, you'd have to be like, hey, do you want to come get some candy at my car? Like, literally, this is, like, such a stranger danger situation. Exactly. Do you remember those stranger danger lessons we used to have? Yeah. Do they still teach those? I don't know, but I also remember the stop, drop, and roll ones for fires. I used to hate those. They'd mess up my hair. Oh, Jesus. Um, so anyway, in this situation, you have to talk about, too, was this supposed stranger kidnapping, like, for the purpose of taking a kid and kidnapping, or, like, murder? So, in my opinion, I think this theory works better with the fact that he could have, like, been being taken so that this person could have a kid. Like, kind of like the Sabrina Eisenberg theory, but also different because Sabrina Eisenberg, like we talked about, she could still be out there somewhere because she'd have no memory of, like, her previous life. Exactly. Kyron was seven years old. Like, you remember. I remember me, like, in seventh grade when I was seven. (laughs) Were you in seventh grade when you were seven? Yes, I'm very smart. Wow. Um, anyway, so I think this theory works better for someone having kidnapped him for... Obviously not extortion purposes, because there was never a ransom note, but, like, maybe he was kidnapped to be trafficked, or just, like, oh. held captive somewhere, but don't get too sad, because I don't think that's, like, what happened. Like, Terry, Terry's the bad guy, I'm thinking here, because this yeah. stranger theory hasn't even been, like, proved. Like, you'd think that they would have, like, investigated this. I'm sure at some point they did. Like, frankly, I'm shocked that Terry hasn't been named a suspect. Yeah, or even a person of interest. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't understand that. Anyway, I think it's also unlikely that a stranger kidnapped and murdered him because there were multiple searches done in, like, the area, and, like, he was, like, his body was never recovered. And, yeah. like, even, like, across the country, you said there were searches in surrounding states and stuff, and, like, they just never recovered anything. Like, nothing. And I just think that if, like, some, per- like, a serial killer kidnapped him somehow in the school and killed him, like, you would have figured it out by now because, like... There would have been a pattern, too, with, like, yeah. other cases. And, I mean, you got to think about it like this. Like, killers sometimes, not as, they don't necessarily want to be found, but they want to be recognized. Exactly. Like, you would know if there were, like, other little boys going missing from elementary schools or, like, places where a lot of kids and parents are. Yeah. And, like, going under, going missing under similar circumstances. Like, this is why this theory is just so out there for me, because, I Terry just is so suspicious. Yeah. It makes every other theory, like, pale in comparison. Anyway, we also have to talk about the non-criminal theory. It is not true crime, so we do have to talk about this because, like, it's part of the case, and like we do in a lot of our episodes, we have to talk about the alternative that's not true crime related. Yeah. So, it's boring, but it's a possibility. So, the theory would be that, like, at some point in that morning, Kyron just, like, wandered off. Like, maybe he was a runaway kid. You know, you remember those kids that used to just run away? 
Like, yes. from recess, they just leave. They decide they were done and just leave. Yeah, just they'd, like, they'd make it down the block, and then someone would just, like, grab them. Yeah. Well, maybe in this theory, he just wandered out of school. There were people coming in and out. No one noticed. Somehow, and for some reason, I don't know why he would, it makes it sound like, like, no one wants to leave elementary school. Exactly. And you got to think about it like this, like... He was so excited about his project. Yeah, and when I was little, I was always, like... When I would get mad at my parents or something, I'd be like, I'm going to run away. And then I would, like, walk out of my house and I'd be like, never mind. Exactly. We've talked about it, the whole Ramona and Beezus thing. Yeah. Um, so let's just go with this theory for a second that at some point he just wandered off, no one noticed, and he was just, like, walking away. Which seems, again, unlikely. Like, you still would stick to, like, places you're familiar with, I guess. I don't know. But Maybe in this theory he was, like, injured and died, which is really sad. Like, from, like, maybe a car accident or some sort of animal attack. Oh. Like, do they have animals in Oregon? Like, like big oh ones? Oh, my God. Like, yes. not, obviously they have animals, but, like, not like a squirrel, like a, like a bear. Yeah, they have bears and, like, mountain lions and stuff. Okay, so he could have been killed by a mountain lion or something at his school. <laughs> and I think it's unlikely because his body was, like, never found or identified, and, like, all these searches were conducted, and, like... If he had died because of an accident like this and no one found him for, like, a little while, he would have eventually been found because he couldn't have dug his own grave. Like, exactly. he wasn't hidden. His or body would, would just be there. Or something. Like, a backpack or shoe. Exactly. Like, like something dropped or, like, taken by the mountain lion or something. Or, like, if it was a car accident, even if it was, like, a hit and run, there would be evidence of that. Yeah. So, I do think it's unlikely. So, we have to, like, really say this, like... Terry is, like, basically our, our like, killer or kidnapper in this situation. Yeah. And it's just never been proved. And in the scheme of things, I feel like she's kind of the whole nation's Yeah, exactly. Suspect. I mean, I think if you talk to anyone about this case, who else are you going to blame? Dee Dee by herself? Yeah. Some random person that's never been identified? Yeah, and I mean, there's just so much little stuff to go off in this case, other than the fact that, like, freaking Terry was so weird and creepy. It's just, there's there's too much for it to all be a coincidence. Yeah. Anyway, this was the story of the disappearance of Kyron Horman. We'll see you guys next week for episode 10. Hey guys, this is Izzy. Just wanted to thank you so much for listening to this episode. It was really interesting and fun to do, but you might have noticed that there was a little bit of background noise, and that's because we actually had to sit on the floor while recording this episode, so we might have bumped the microphone a little few times. Uh, yeah, just want to let you guys know. See you next week.